The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. So I wanted to tell you all about a product that I love. It is called BarkBox. And I am a lover of animals. I have two Labrador retrievers, which I talk about. Ruthie is my nightmare demon retriever that is just awful. Like she'll go through the trash. She goes to the bathroom on the furniture. We're trying to reel her in. She's still a puppy, but she's getting better. So I kind of got in contact with BarkBox because I love that they do natural treats and the toys are great. And you, if you do a monthly subscription, you can get your monthly package and you can also say you just decide to subscribe for six months. You do the subscription for six months, really reasonable. And then you get the seventh month free. So if you want the seventh month free or you decide to do a year subscription, you go to BarkBox.com and you use my code JUDGINGMEGAN. Well, hello, everybody. You are listening to your host, Megan Judge, and my podcast, Judging Megan, Play on Words. Um, I wanted to tell you about a friend of mine that I got off the phone with a little while ago. We have known each other since we were 15 years old. And the thing about Jill and I is we are the most immature people on the planet. Like My husband walks in sometimes and we'll be just like hysterically laughing at the dumbest things. Like, just so stupid. Like we revert back to our 15 year old selves, every conversation we ever have. And, and nobody else thinks we're funny except for us. So we'll be like having a conversation and like just dying laughing. And then my husband comes in and he goes, Oh God, are you talking to Jill? And I'm like, yeah, Ron, I'm talking to Jill. Get out. He's like, okay, whatever. So I don't know. I'm going to bring my guest in, Tim. Tim, do you have any friends like that from growing up or anybody that just like kills you laughing and nobody else thinks it's funny except for you. I have friends like that now. You do? <laughs> yeah, that's the best. Yeah. It's the best being able to laugh like that, right? It's the best thing, you know. I mean, all all day, 4 days a week I'm talking to dead people, so I yeah. need like that slapstick humor. I need people like that in my life. A 100%. And it's so important. So I'm before I inter- introduce my guest, I just want to give a shout out to Jill uh, my friend, my dear friend, since we were 15, and nobody makes me heart- laugh harder than you do, Jill. So thank you. Everyone, I am honored today to have on somebody that I pretty much idolize. I have gone to, his name is Tim Braun. He is an international, internationally renowned medium. And I have seen Tim for readings at least, I think, I think my last one was my fourth one. And when I first went in to see Tim, I went with a friend of mine and I was extremely skeptical, which I'm sure we can talk about, Tim, how you have people come in and maybe they don't believe like what you're about to say. I walk in and the minute I walk in, so my audience will know um, when I tell this story, 
he he read off of me or he I don't know if you call it reading, but he got he sees people on two sides of like one side is your father's side, one side is your mother's side. And immediately he said, um, there is a girl here with wavy hair and she's waving you down and she's got this big giant smile and um, and she doesn't call you Megan. She calls you Meg. And that was my best friend. And immediately I just started I was hysterically crying and it was the most amazing reading that I've like, I can't even put it into words because the things you told me, nobody else would know. First of all, there's no way. Um, And I just have gone back numerous times the last time I brought a friend of mine. So I am just so excited to have you on. So welcome, Tim. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So let me let me start with like where you grew up in your childhood, if you're okay with starting there. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm an open book. You can ask me anything you want, really. Um, I grew up in Whittier, California. I'm the youngest of, uh, of six kids um, and a very, very Catholic family. You know, my mom's the youngest, sorry, my mom's the oldest of six kids and a very, very Catholic family. And my dad's the youngest of 10 kids and a very, very Catholic family. And both relatives on both sides, they call my parents the Catholic Taliban because my parents took their religion way out of control. And then all of a sudden I came along and um, I kind of broke the mold with, you know, being the medium in the family. Did you, so let me ask you, I also grew up Catholic. Um, my mom's one with six kids as well. My parents were super religious, super Catholic. We went to church every Sunday. My parents went like my mom would go during the week as well. So I'm, I can relate there. But let me ask you, because there is, I'm sure you get kickback from people for what you do. But what was that like? like yeah. when, when did you figure out that you were a little different and you could see things? And tell me about that. Was that at a young age? Yeah, so... Right. Well, just um, in, in recap with Catholicism, you know, whenever I do my large shows here in California, I do them at Paula Casino and there are about 700 people um, per show. And whenever I do the shows, I always introduce myself as where I've come from, come from a very, very Catholic family. Um, and I always say to the audience, you know, for those of you who are Jewish out there, you guys, you know, invented the guilt and us Catholics, we perfected it, you know, and that's really the truth because yes. it's, it's a lot of that, you know, one thing about religions of all, uh, especially the Catholics, they teach you how to pray, but then you hit kind of like a dead end. But for me, you know, um, I grew up in Whittier. I was six, maybe six and a half years of age. My parents, um, they still do have a half an acre, which is a pretty big, um, piece of land in Los Angeles. And I would go back there in the, in the 1970s and I would play with my Tonka toys with my friend Joey. Now Joey was one year younger than me and he lived all the way at the very end of the street, two houses from the end. And him and I every single day would go back to, out there and we would dig in the dirt and play with our Tonka toys. Well, of course my parents are, are really totally big in the Christmas. And so she puts up, you know, all the decorations, the, the Christmas lights, all that stuff. So when the stockings came up, I says, we got to get one for Joey. And she said, who's Joey? And I says, Joey, you know, the one I've been playing with in the backyard for, you know, the last three months. And I kind of gave her this look like, you know, are you an idiot? Like, are you joking with me? You know, of course, I'm just six years of age. Mm -hmm. And my mother, she just gave me this look where I still remember to this day and she goes honey she goes I look at you through the kitchen window every single day and you're playing there by yourself and once that happened I realized that Joey was not real he was in spirit and at that time I thought I was losing my mind um, you know once that happened I started short circuiting you know I didn't see Joe anymore um, mm -hmm. about six months after that my oldest brother, who you know is and was 18 years older than myself, was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So then, you know, mental illness came into the family with my brother, and I thought, oh my God, what if I'm like having mental illness? What if I'm losing my mind? So for me, um, Megan, it wasn't until my very early 20s did I allow myself to open up again because every time that I saw spirit off to the left, 
I would look to the right. And every time I saw a spear off the right, I would look to the left. I always wanted to keep on ignoring it because I literally thought I was going to lose my mind. And how it unfolded is I did a lot of research on mental illness. And, um, you know, if you, if you are past 21 years of age and you don't have it, you're, you're pretty much good to go, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like 20, two years of age, 22 and a half years of age. And I'm like, okay, good. I'm one year past the, the 21 year old mark. Um, so I started allowing myself to kind of see And when I would see an image, I would just kind of look a little bit more at it. When I would see a little bit of a figment or whatever, I would kind of like focus on it. I wasn't, a, I wasn't afraid of it like I was before. And then in my dorm room at USC down here in Los Angeles, um, I had this very, this is 1994. I had this very visual dream of um, going to Calcutta, India to see Mother Teresa. Now, yeah, I grew up Catholic, but by the time that I was in college, I really kind of denounced the whole Catholic religion. I wasn't part of that. Growing up, we didn't really talk about Mother Teresa, even though she's a Catholic nun. Mm -hmm. So in that dream, it was my very first vision that I, that I had um, that was so clear. And in that dorm room, I was, um, you know, starting to wake up. And right before I w woke up, I kind of like, wiped my eyes a little bit and I saw this image of Mother Teresa like standing there and then showing me images of me standing on this 747 jumbo jet and it was parked in the middle of the airport walking down the steps walking quite a distance to the terminal these men greeting me and then me like working with her in the village and then I opened my eyes and all of a sudden she turned around and walked away. I'm like, this is really, really crazy. Yes, I was in college in um, that night before I was not drinking. Maybe the yeah. night before I went yeah. drinking, but that <laughs> night I was totally, totally, totally sober. Um, and um, and how it all unfolded is um, I basically called information because I was like, this is really weird because that energy just left the room. It was really, really powerful. It's like a ghost leaving the room. So I, what I did, making a very long story short, story short, and this is also in my book, Life and Death, if you um, want to read it. But what I did is I called information. And back then, you were on the phone, you called 411, and that was your information. Yeah. And an operator comes up, how can I help you? And I says, I need a Catholic church in Los Angeles. Which one? Downtown Los Angeles, because that's where I met. Oh, we have Saint Ca we have Saint Viviana's Catholic Cathedral, which no longer exists this, this day. Um, and I says I'll take it. So then I called up the number, and this woman says, "You know, Saint Viviana's, how can I help you?" And I'm like, "Yes, can you tell me anything um, about giving me a number about Mother Teresa?" And they said, "Yeah, well, we have the brothers of Mother Teresa and the sisters of Mother Teresa." And I started to say, you know, I'll take the brothers, you know, I'm um, sorry, the sisters of Mother Teresa, because I'm thinking Mother Teresa as a woman, you know, none, I'll just take the nun, the nun route. And once I said, I'll take the, the sisters, I started saying, S like, before I said, ters, um, the voice that was back in my head when I was about five years of age, the same voice says, no, Tim, ask for the brothers of Mother Teresa. And so I told the woman, I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I want, I want the, the, the brothers. And she kind of gave me this like sign the phone, like, you know, you idiot, make up your mind, which one do you want? Another long story short, I called up the number man answered. He goes, there's a man that came in from India. Um, that's, uh, um, here, um, um, where are you located? And he says, I'm downtown Los Angeles. And he goes, we're just three blocks up the street. Went to meet the man. He's an Indian man. And three months later, I found myself in Calcutta, um, working with him and Mother Teresa. And when that 747 jet parked from Singapore Airlines back in 1995, the plane at that time, they didn't have any terminals. So you had to park the plane out in the middle of the airport and you had to walk the big long distance to the little shanty terminal. So everything in the dream came true three months, four months later. So that's spirit basically saying, you know, Tim, you're not mentally ill. You know, you have a gift, you know, you, you saw this continue with it. Okay. First of all, I love that story. And it's crazy to me that it actually, like you visualized it and it came true. And that's, I mean, that was one of my questions. Do you, can you consider what you have a gift? It's your livelihood, but just also, you know, growing up Catholic and understanding like mother Teresa and everything she did. That's really amazing that you were able to just listen to your head and like what your thoughts were and then fall. So then you went and volunteered for how long? I was there for a week and a half. And okay. so, you know, when I woke up the next morning, 
you know, and I just thought he was just a regular missionary. I just met him in Los Angeles and he goes, yeah, why don't you come to India? Mother Teresa will be there in December. You're on your, your break from, from, from college. Yeah. You can stay with us at the missionaries. I'm like, great. So I wake up the next morning, you know, I'm seeing like all these different rooms and it was the Pope, Mother Teresa and him and all these different pictures. And I'm like, this guy is kind of like, you know, heading, taking pictures with pretty big, big, big names here. I mean, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And I found out later that he was the head of the male missionaries worldwide. Mother Teresa was the head of the female missionaries worldwide. So they knew each other like brother and sister. So we woke up the next morning and he goes, okay, let's go meet mother. And we went on a 20 minute car ride. Um, there's a lot of tourists in front of her, where her home home was, the convent, I guess you call it. Um, and we walked right past the tourists. We walked up these stairs. All these other nuns were like looking at us, like, "Oh, who's this person who just walks right through?" Not not um, Brother Yeshadas, but me, being the white Caucasian. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down. Within two minutes, Mother Teresa came out and says, "How can I help you?" And I had this gnawing in my throat. I could not speak. And I, Megan, I looked like a complete idiot because where are you from? I couldn't answer it. She goes, what's your name? I couldn't answer it. She goes, how long are you staying for? I couldn't answer it. And people say, you think it was because of Mother Teresa? And I'm like, no, it's because of the energy of who she was, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, she's now labeled a saint, but you know, there's such an energy about her. I mean, you look at different people and the planet Gandhi, Maya Angelou, you know, um, different people that are not in the saint form, but there's a certain energy around them. So long story short, I got to sit with her and work with her. And there was times that I would just be sitting with her, um, praying, um, in this big open room, just me and her, I was, I would give her about 20 feet space because I didn't want to like, you know, get too close to her business. Um, and that's how it started. And basically the reason why the universe gave me that dream was basically saying, okay, Tim, go back to the States, open your mind up allow your dreams to come through, come through, you're normal, you're safe. And then that's when my mediumship started. And, you know, I've been doing this work for 24 years full time now. Um, up until two years ago, I was doing six sittings a day, four days a week. And then about a wow. year and a half, two years ago, I'm like, you know what, I think I'd like to leave at five o'clock and, and leave uh, one hour early. So now I'm just doing five sittings, four days a week. And, um, up until now, I've done over 17,000, believe it or not, one-on-one sittings now in eight countries. My book, my book is also in eight countries. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Um, well, I, I'm, I can't, I actually have not read your book, so I'm excited. I'll send you a copy. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just get that okay. with my sister. Let me, let me ask you a question because I have a million, but I'm going to start with this one. Do you ever, okay. Are you still, did you decide to stick with Catholicism? Yeah, I don't consider myself a Catholic. I, uh-huh. I will say I was raised Catholic, but I'm, I don't consider myself a Catholic uh, these days. I consider myself a spiritualist. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for those of your viewing audience, listening audience that have a religion, whether Judaism or Muslim or Hinduism or whatever the religion may be, for you it's Catholicism. You know, you might have people that are, you know, go to Baptist church. Um 
as long as that serves you and it's good for you, I say keep on doing it. Because when that soul passes over and when you're on spirit side, you're not judged on, um, oh, you are a Catholic, you get to get front row seating. Oh, you're a Baptist, you get second row. No, it's all the same. But what spirit will say is, hey, Tim, you were raised Catholic, or in this case, hey, Megan, you are still a practicing Catholic. What did you do good with that religion? Did you help people? Did you help your fellow man? You know, and all boils down to when you cross over, religions are like coats that we're wearing. When we cross over, that coat comes off and we're just in soul form. And we're really judged on what did we do for that religion? You know, um, I tell clients the two words that I think are the most important prayers, in a way prayer, if you want to use prayer um, in the world, is, is gratitude and and compassion. If you can learn those two words, those two words are, are the strongest. I'll tell you, you know, I come home um, from work. I have a two-year-old Bernese um, um, Swiss mountain dog, for those of you who follow I me follow on, on Instagram. Your dog, so cute, yeah. And um, so Max and I would go for a walk and we stop and I and I'd have him sit down and I put my arms out like this. And I said, at that time, whatever's going on every single day, thank you, God, for my earlobes. You know, there's some people that don't have earlobes of a cancer. Thank you, God, for my sight. There are some people that are losing their sight. Thank you, God, that I have a job. There's a lot of times people don't have a job. Thank you, God, for my health. And I say God, I'm old fashioned. If you guys don't want to say God, you can say spirit, you can say the universe. It's all the same. I say God. And if you can keep on saying thank you, the universe gives you more. Because whenever you give gratitude for something, you always get replenished more. You know, it's kind of like you know a birthday party. Um, you know, you get presents, and the, the child doesn't say thank you. The, the person says, "I'm not going to give them any more presents." You know, but when you get a thank you note or "Hey, thank you so much," or every time that they they see you, "Thank you so much for that toy," you're like, "Oh my God, you appreciate that." I'm going to give you more. So that's the first thing is gratitude. You know, the other one that's still a little bit difficult for me is compassion. Um, on one hand, it's very, very easy. But I mean, look at what's happening in the news these days. It's a shit show going on out there with people making a lot of stupid, stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. And we have I have to come from a place of like, OK, we have to be and showing compassion. You know, sure, we make our decisions, but try not to judge. Try to have compassion. And that's still a hard one for me. But I 100%. have to. I feel the same way. Not to talk over you, but um. I had a guest on this this week. Um, his name is Will Hamino, and he was buried under the rubble um, from the um, on September 11th for uh, 13 hours. And mm. the the he was a um, Port Authority police officer. He's written a book. There's a movie based, you know, on what he went through as well. And I was kind of saying the same thing as you about compassion and like how I struggle with it and how there's so much bad going on in the universe, like, you know, hatred, war, um, unkindness. And it's hard sometimes for us to, to like want to feel compassion, right? When we're like, you and I are people that try to do good things for other people and kind of get pushed down. Right. And he, he said to me, he said, you know, I want to remind you that the news and social media and all these things that are going on, we don't, they don't point out the good that's going on in the world. Like, you know, like in Poland, like all these people that are volunteering and like, you know, the picture of all the mothers that left their strollers for the mothers from Ukraine, like there is so much. And I really had to be reminded of that, but I struggle just like you with that exact thing. It's really difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a, um, a radio show, um, CBS uh, Mornings with Rolanda, and um, I d- did a, an interview like I'm doing it with you maybe about seven, eight years ago. Her aunt oh, um, was Maya Angelou. Now, Maya Angelou did not come through in the sitting. It was another one of her aunts because I did an on, on-air reading uh, and sitting with her, Maya didn't come through, but I, but 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 I knew that her 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 aunt was Maya Angelou. But I had to tell her, I'm like, honestly, I don't see Maya, but I see this other woman, you know. And I had to be very honest and transparent. But Maya Angelou is kind of like one of my big heroes. And what people don't realize about Maya is that 
if anybody was in front of her and basically go up to her and say, I think my husband's having an affair or I think I might lose my job or I don't think I'm making enough money at work, you know, anything negative, negative, negative. Maya would not go, excuse me, I got to go. She would just walk away. She would just like vanish, like totally ghost them. You know, um, I'm getting to the point now when that happens, when someone comes up to me, I'm like, excuse me, um, I got to go out and run my dog. It's a total white lie, but at least I'm, at least I'm totally like, um, you're protecting your energy. Yeah, exactly. And getting away from it and not feeding and not feeding into it. Um, and, um, and, and that's my Angela. That's one of my, one of my heroes. I loved Maya Angelou as well. Let me ask you a question that I'm sure my audience will want to know. Um, when you see people or spirit, as you call it, what, what you see them on either side. So you see on your mother's side and your father's side. Right. So what do you, know, you actually I, I, see? What do you actually right. see? Do you so see you, a person? Tell me mm-hmm. what you see. Great question. Yeah. So um, when I look at a client, when I look off to their left shoulder, that shows me that that person appears on their mother's side. When they stand over on the right shoulder, that says that it's on their father's side. When they stand directly behind you, that would be in the category of husband or wife, brother, sister, son or daughter or friend. The previous sitting that I just did, you know, in between this podcast here, and I got to go back to work here in about 45 minutes. Um, but the previous sitting I had with a client in my office right next door here is I was looking right behind her and I said, male uh, behind you between 21 and 24 years of age, alcohol in the system out quick. She just broke down crying and she goes, that's my best friend's son. He was 23 and he died of alcohol poisoning. Um, and that was behind in the, in the friend category. Um, getting back to your question, what do you see? When he was wrapping his arms around, I was able to see the arms and I'm like, okay, this guy's arms are young, you know, um, and young being like late teens, early twenties. Um, you know, it's kind of like I have, I have three older sisters and, and, and growing up, you know, one of my sisters, I forget which one, um, says, you know, you can always tell, you can always tell a woman's age by her hands. And I'm like, what? You know, um, when I do my work, I'm like, I can always tell the age of spirit by the skin elasticity on the on, on the arms, the face, things like that. So that's how I'm able to to, to see it. Pets come in all the time. Um, whenever I do my work, I always start off with a two-minute guided meditation, whether it's in a one-on-one sitting or whether it's an audience of 75, which I just did about two weeks ago, whether it's an audience of, of 600 or, or 700. Um, I always start off with a two-minute guided meditation just to kind of settle the room. For another two minutes, I just explain to my client what I just kind of explained to you, left, right, and behind. Um, but I, I, I call it a sitting. We sit and, and we don't give the medium information. You know, I don't allow my clients to really speak up um, for the first 40 minutes in the sitting. And I know that sometimes they want to validate, like, oh, yes, I, I, I see this and this is who this person is. And I'm like, stop. And I always do that, stop. And like, like why? And I'm like, well, two things happen when you give the medium information. Number one, the medium can go off that information, which I consider fraud. Um, the other thing that happens is that when you give the medium too much information, those on spirit side, they get lazy. So if you're doing all the talking and saying how so-and-so passed, they'll step back and like, oh, she's doing all the work. I'll just sit back and enjoy it. We have to make sure that the medium works ethically and honestly, and we got to make sure those on spirit side work clearly. Does that Let make sense? Let me ask you a question. Yeah, 100%. And I think I've sat with you uh, several times now. So I, uh, that's what you do. And I understand that. But let me ask you, have you ever had somebody come in for a sitting with you and had such bad energy with like the person or there was something you didn't want to see that you couldn't yeah. have the session? Two things I'll, yeah, that's a great question. Two things I'll, I'll mention. Um, one, um, more recently, and I say more recently, maybe about, oh, I don't know, maybe about six years ago. Um, and this woman came in and she sat down pretty disgruntled um, and just like frustrated. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do this meditation. And we did it. And I explained how it's for t- another minute and a half afterwards, what, what, what we're going to do. She seemed a little bit frustrated. And I looked down at her feet and I said, oh my God, um, there's this, there's this cocker spaniel here. And she goes, I don't know what that means. Like very negative. And I said, it's a dog. And she goes, I know quite clearly it's a dog. I'm like, it's licking your feet. And she goes, I'm not here for the dog. And I'm like, yes, 
but it's here. Do you know what this means? And she goes, yes, my husband and I just euthanized her cocker spaniel three, three months ago. And I'm like, it's here. And then she lost it. She goes, I'm not here for the dog. I'm here for my daughter. Where is she? And when she said that, I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to stop this sitting because you've already given me the information. Your energy mm-hmm. is, I don't want to say horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was grieving, um, but her energy was horrible um, doing the work. I'm not judging. I'm just saying the energy yeah. was horrible coming in. Yeah. And yeah. I just can't do it. And so I, and she like looked at me. She goes, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean to come across that gruff, but I'm not here for that. I'm like, listen, I said, I can't go any further because number one, I'm not seeing your daughter right now. And number two, I can only give you what I honestly and ethically um, see. And, you know, my office is here in Newport Beach. She had to drive in from Calabasas. So it's basically two, two and a half hours one way, two, two and a half hours in the back. And I said, I'm sorry, but I, I, I can't, you know, um, go any further with that. So when you bring that energy, you know, into um, um, the, the room, um, that really has a big part of a big part in it. I mean, it makes sense. I'll tell you something else for my listeners. I, and when I tell you, I've had I've ha- gone to a medium before. Um, I hope that, and I'll give Tim's information at the end, but um, I'm not kidding when I tell you that I, I've i been four times and there has not been one time that I'm like, wh- like, there's things that you've said to me before that I'm like, huh, that doesn't make sense. And then I listen back and so a lot of times it does make sense. One time though, I I went to see you and you were like, are you a runner? And I was like, no, because at that point I was really into soul cycle. So I was like cycling all the time. And you said, you need to be really careful about your, um, your ankle. Like, and I just kind of thought about it and I was like, oh, that's weird. Like I've never had an issue with my ankle. And then you said, well, make sure you stretch, make sure you, like, you do stretches and all this stuff. And then like three months later, I, I started to have an issue with my ankle and I, and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so crazy that you were able to see that. So are you able to see, which I already know the answer to, but for my listeners, you're able to see like physical things that might go wrong with your body. Are you able to see, and do you see really bad things? Like if somebody was like dying of cancer, would you tell them that something like that? What would you say? Absolutely. I'm, I'm very honest. I'm very transparent. So I always tell clients, this is sitting, we sit with spirit and we see who comes in and who doesn't come through. Sometimes the people that you want to come through might not come in. You know, my previous client, she very much invited her best friend's son to come in, but she also said, but there's one other person that did not come in. I says, don't tell me. And I said, and she goes, why is that? And I said, because if you ever come back to see me again, I want to, the, I want to know nothing. You know, mm-hmm. I, the less that I know, the better. But for all my re- sessions, I always record them um, on audio and I have my assistant mail them out within seven days. The reason why I really, really like to have them recorded is because everything is there. There's a lot of times people get what I call psychic amnesia and is sitting and I'm bringing through information and they're like, I don't understand. That doesn't make sense. I don't understand. That is, you know, there's just kind of getting that, that that zone so i'm like here's the information it's on the recording i remember um this is going back about 18 years ago at my other office in los angeles in torrance um, a woman came in and her father came in from spirit and and was giving attention to her which she was there her um her her brother and then he says and also my other daughter and she goes i don't have a, a, another uh, sister i'm like well your father keeps on saying give my love to my three kids and she goes I'm telling you, I don't have a sister. I just have my brother and I. And so during the course of the sitting, whenever spirit repeats something, I repeat it. So if I sound like a broken record, um, it's because spirit keeps on bringing that through. So she thought I was probably messing with her because I said it like five more times, make sure you give that love to your sister. And she probably thought I was kind of poking at her, which I wasn't. Um, And the very end, she was writing her check and she walked out. And her father was still speaking to me, even after I did the closing meditation. And I says, oh, and he's still telling me, make sure that you get this to your brother and sister. So anyways, this is probably going back maybe 20 years ago when I was actually taking my own phone calls. Um, About three weeks later, I picked up the phone and this woman's crying hysterically on the phone. And I said, who is this? And she goes, I'm so-and-so. I saw you three weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember you because she gave me a lot of attitude on that. And I said, how can I help you? And she goes, I called my brother last week and told him the crap that you were telling me. And guess what he said? I'm like, 
no, what, what did he say? My brother in New York says, well, it's about time that you know. And my client says, no, what? And um, the brother says, well, dad had an affair back in 1941. We have a half sister. How I remember the stories because the client told me on the phone, she goes, and I told my brother, I'm 67 fucking years of age. When was it ever going to be time to tell me? Um, and so true story in verbatim, um, but you just never know what's going to come through. You know, I have um, uh, one client that came in uh, maybe about 10 years ago and I said, your father's still living. And, and he said, yes. And I said, he needs to go to the hospital immediately. There's something wrong with his heart. And he looked at me and he goes, um, no, my dad just had a full physical. I'm like, he needs to go, please. You got to get in the hospital. You know, spirits coming through and saying this. And he goes, listen, I'm being totally professional with you. My dad just, you know had this physical. So he went home, told his dad, and, he, and the dad goes, you know, I'm feeling fine. I just had this physical. He goes, but, you know, maybe it's your Uncle David, which is the other brother. So the father said, this is what came through. Adam had a sitting, um, you know, with this medium. I'm fine, but you know what? Would you just do this? And David, this man David, who's now a client of mine for many years, he went in the, the, for a checkup. They kept him for five days because they did a three-artery bypass right away. So again, doing sittings with a medium, sometimes it's not as specific as even I like it. I thought it was my client's father. And the man that was coming through from spirit was talking about his son and it wasn't, it wasn't the, the son, my client's father, it was the son, my client's uncle. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. No, because there's been times before when you've sat with me that it's you, you, you have said somebody and then you have to kind of like think about it and then it makes sense that it could be somebody else. Um, what do you ever consider this? I know it's a gift and it's gotta be exhausting because you just said you kind of had to like cut back on your, and like be a human being and live your hours. Right. That, like after work. <laughs> yeah. 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 You ever think of it as like, this is, I can't do this today or like, I'm just, I mean, you're human. So what is sure. that? Yeah. So, yeah. So when we book the, the sittings, all I need is the person's name, um, you know, and their phone number, just if I need to cancel. Um, Ashley, my assistant Ashley tells me at times, she goes, you know, this person doesn't want to give their name and number. So I told them what you tell me to tell people. And, and I said, I said, good. And whenever a client does that, I said, okay, what's your dog's name? What's your cat's name? You know? And you know, my cat's name is Fifi. Okay, Fifi, you have an appointment with Tim on such and such date at this time, you know, because a lot of times people are, are, are skeptical, but mm -hmm. I never do a sitting unless I'm 100%. So I would have to say probably in the last full year, I think I've probably called in sick maybe five times where Ashley had to, um, you know, change the sittings and, and reroute them to different days. But I'll never go in unless I'm 100%. Do you take time off? Like, do you take vacations? And like, do you want yeah, to, so I'm, you must want to yeah, like turn I, it off, right? Well, honestly, this is all I know. And mm -hmm. I always tell clients, you know, firefighters, they get burnt. Police officers, they get shot. And mediums, we feel it all. We feel burnt. We feel shot. We feel the heroin in our system. We, we feel it all. Personally, for me, and it's just maybe how I'm wired. You know, I work Monday and Tuesday. Wednesdays are my days off. Thursdays and Fridays. And then I have weekends off unless I do a show, which now COVID is over per se. So I'm starting to do do shows, shows again, large audiences. Um, when I go on vacation, I actually have to take 11, at least 11 days because the first three days I'm still in work mode. I, I, I'm still in energy spirit mode. And it takes me about three days just to kind of calm down. But after about a week, I get really nervous and I have to get back to work. So I don't know if I'm addicted to this work or this is just all I know. But, um, you know, that's it. That's it for me. And it's kind of like my friend. Um, I'm dating myself by saying this, but my friend used to work with Michael Jackson about 30 years ago. And um, he goes, you know, I'm in, in his Asino house and I'm just wanting to go over some lyrics with him. And Michael's doing the moonwalk um, back and forth in the kitchen. He goes, Michael, we need to do this. And he goes, I'm listening to you. So Michael always had to have that energy always moving. You know, for mm -hmm. me, I always have to have that energy moving. So there's a similarity there. Do you ever like go to Starbucks or like if you're out at a restaurant or something and like you see like you are, have to tell somebody something like 
Does that ever happen to you? Um, that's a great question. It's only happened at times if I've been at a restaurant where maybe I've had a glass of wine or two where I'm a little bit more loose. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, you're so – that happens sometimes. I try to watch it because I, I try to be as respectful um, to to people as, as possible. But, you know, as you said before, this is a gift. Well, you know, yes, I'm a medium. And, yes, this is how I'm wired. But for your viewing audience, there's no difference if you're a medium, as I am, a school teacher, a stay-at-home mom, whether you're an accountant, whether you're the, the school custodian. It doesn't matter what you do on the planet as long as you do it 110% as you best possibly can. And that's honest truth, whether you're the pope of the Catholic Church or whether you're the prostitute at the corner. As long as you're doing that job 110% as best as you possibly can, that's the most important thing because that's what you're judged on when you cross over. You know, when a person passes over, Megan, whether you're 10 years of age or whether you're 100 years of age, all within the first six or seven seconds, you have your life review. You know, sometimes you see people that, you know, they get in a car accident and they say, oh my God, my, my life totally flashed before me. Well, that's what happens when you die. Your life flashes before you. You see all the good and all the bad. And it's the bad that we do that really bothers us. And I tell this to my large audiences when we when we when I do work like this I said you know it's kind of like putting you know your car in the driveway and you soap set it up you have it all washed up because you want to clean that car and then when you take that hose and you start hosing the car down what are you looking for and I'll ask that to you Megan I'll put you on the spot what are you looking for when you're hosing hosing the car down what are you looking for I'm I'm hosing the car down to look for dirt Exactly. So you're looking at what's the what flaws are still there. A lot of yeah. times clients will say, no, you're looking for what's clean. No. When you cross over, if you do 90% good on the planet and 10% bad, you're like, okay, how can I fix that 10%? How can I how can I clean that up? And that's why at times, a lot of times people see what we're called a ghost. It's basically the person's spirit who's trying to make it up to that person. So whenever clients of mine see ghosts, I always say, first and foremost, when you see those ghosts, um, which I call spirit, instantly say, if you are not of love, light, or God, go away. Because if it's your husband, or if it's your girlfriend, or if it's your mother who passed, you don't want to say, go away, go away, go away. You don't want to say that. If it's if if you say, if you're not of love, light, or God, that energy is still going to come through. They're trying to help you. And that's been my experience now doing this work in eight countries. Well, I love to, um, and I recently just talked to one of my sisters, that you see animals. So, um, and I hate to like take a pivot, but I had a dog that has come through in multiple readings. And to me, animals are like, I, I, I know when I go to the other side, like those animals that I love so much will like be mm. waiting. Like they say, rainbow bridge. I believe in that too. Um, mm. But I, I think it's, I, that's something really special that I know that you see, um, that yeah, pets and babies come in all the time. Yeah. Um, um, and when I say babies, miscarriages, abortions, and, and uh -huh. stillborns. Like, um, and I'm only going off this because this is my last client, so it's still fresh in my mind. So, you know, I'm looking at her lap, and I said, there's a baby in your lap. And I said, it's not an abortion. And the reason why I said that, because I know that she had four abortions, but I didn't say that to her. I'm like, this is not an abortion. This is a miscarriage, and it's only one. Do you understand that? And she goes, yes. And she started to tear up. And I says, and your dog that passed over two years ago is coming in and licking the, beat, the, the feet. And she looked at me, and, and I said, do you not understand that? And she goes, my dog passed over a year ago, not two years ago. I'm like, okay, it's, it's still more recent. These two are coming through. So at the very end of the sitting, she told me, she goes, I'm really glad that my friend's son came through. But she goes, the dog that came in, I didn't want that dog. I said, I was hoping for another dog. It was my favorite dog going back 10 years ago. And I'm like, I said, if it came in so strong and you didn't want it and you didn't have a connection, even with your dog, I said, who in the family loves that dog? And I said, your children, your husband. And she kind of teared up and she goes, my mom adored that dog. And I says, then that dog is using you as a link to get to your mother, get the information to your mother that the dog came in. Um, for her. And then of course I t smile and I tease and I says, and tell your mom that she needs to reimburse you 10% of the sitting because you didn't get the dog that you wanted. <laughs> but that, that can happen. That does happen. That's happened in one of my sittings with you where you've get, you've given me information and I'm kind of like, Oh gosh, like 
I don't want to go and give my sister this information, but you'll see, you'll like have information to give to somebody else. That is that common for you. It, 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 it's very individualistic from sit, from sitting to sitting. I'm always very transparent. So, you know, when I do my large shows, I always tell the audience, if I come to you and if, if something personal comes in, I won't blast it out to the audience. But what I will say is, will you mind, um, you know, walking out with me to my car afterwards? There's a few more things to say to you. And I says, if that happens to you, that means you're in big trouble. But if it doesn't happen to you, I've said everything. Now, I say that in big shows so people don't tighten up and get so nervous. Mm-hmm. When I do my one-on-one sitting, um, I'll start you know, do my sitting. And if something's coming through, it's too personal. I take the recorder and I put on pause and I go, and and when it goes pause, it goes beep, beep. And I'm like, okay. I said, we're not recording right now. Like, okay. I said, so tell me about the two abortions. And I said, there's one African American, there's one Caucasian. Do you understand that? And she said, oh my God, yes. Those are the two men that I had it from. I said, do you want this on the recording or not? 50% say, oh, you can put it on there. This is just for me. I'm like, okay. Then I repeat what I said. Um, If they say, don't put it on, what I'll say is I said, you know, there's these two babies here that just totally love you. And I continue on with that, making it a little bit vague for the person who's going to listen to this, but very specific to the person who's sitting in front of me. I love that. Do you, I, I want to know, do, have you ever been to a medium yourself? I have actually. Um, yeah. You know, for me, Megan, I'm, I'm really skeptical of other mediums, other psychics, other healers. Unless I've had the experience myself, I'm just a skeptical person, you know, Um, and um, I've seen some mediumship that's just I look at it as like, you know, Um, and then I've seen some mediumship that's just been in London. I've seen some uh, mediumship that's been been quite brilliant, um, quite clear. Um, But for myself, um, you know, I was in London at a spiritualist church about 10 years ago. And there was three people, you know, in in line that um, I wanted to come through. And one of them was my previous partner who committed suicide. And um, so I was telling I was telling the uh, that spirit. I'm like, okay, go up there because I was seeing my previous partner there on the stage in spirit. I'm like, go up there go up there, nudge him on the shoulder. And my partner, along with the two other people I asked, started walking closer to the person, the medium. And all of a sudden the medium goes, okay, we're going to take a break right now. We'll come back in 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh. So I just stayed in my chair and I kept on mentally just saying, okay, come on through, come on through. And all of a sudden, once the medium came up, the full audience, he went, she went right to me and she goes, you, young man, this man's coming through. And I'm like, okay, good. And, um, and it's interesting because the medium said, tell Mark that what he said is real. And I'm thinking, I don't understand that at all. You know, I'm a medium. And I'm like, I don't understand that. And I'm like, everything else made sense. So I came home and I told a friend and they said, wasn't the person that did his service, Reverend Mark? I'm like, oh my God, that's right. So, you know, it's nice to be reminded through, at least I had it through a friend. When I do my sittings, you're reminded through through the recording that you get. And also it's, uh, you know, it's got to be, you have to be able to put yourself in a place like going through something. I'm very sorry about your partner Um, because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a loss, like a sudden loss, which is Mm -hmm. different than like being sick, right? I mean, um, suicide, I mean, a loss is a loss, you know, um, losing a child you know, for your viewing audience that or listening audience that has uh, lost a child, losing a child on the planet is the hardest thing you'll ever have to go through losing a child, you know. Um, but pain is pain, whether losing a best friend. Some, sometimes I brought through family members for a, per, for, for a client, for a person. It's come through so, so clear. Um, and they were stoic. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, there's this lab here. And they just broke down crying and they take all my clinics. You know, um, death does not discriminate. Whether you're in this country, whether you're in Italy, whether you're in Switzerland or England or Japan, all the places that I've uh, been doing this work, death does not discriminate. And when you have that connection, that love, that love connection, that bond is is always is always there. Well, I want to ask you too. Do you? I'm going to put you on the spot. Is anyone in here right now? Can you see anyone on the screen? You know, <laughs> I have tuned in. <laughs> at all and here's why because yeah. you know 
As, you told as you me know, to put you on the spot, so I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. So um, for me, you know, I know mediumship like the back of my hand. And mm-hmm. for some crazy reason, I know money and numbers. Like, like I can do calculations in my head that people need calculators. I don't get it. But as far as technology, as you know, my assistant had to get me set up on this because I'm like, I'm not touching that computer. And yeah. she said, all you need to do is look at that green dot. And I'm like, I'm looking at the green dot. So that's the only thing I've been focusing on during the whole time, honestly. Okay, I know I sound good, like a dumb good. shit, but I know what I know. No, no, no. But what I've I don't sat know, with but, you enough to um, know that you're the real thing. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting uh, here today. Um, well, do you, you know, have- if you want to put me on the spot, we can talk about a couple. We can talk about a crazy sitting or two, if you. If Will you, want. you tell me? Tell me your craziest sitting. And for my audience, I'm hoping it wasn't with me. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, let me put it this way: Do you want it like PG-13? You want it rated R? Um, I, I'm okay with like, we, we, this is a podcast where we use all kinds of cuss words. So feel free. Most children don't listen to this. So. Okay. Um, let me see. There's a variety of ones I can go with. Um, okay. Um, I can bring this one in. So this woman, um, this is going back 22 years ago. She was one of my first clients and how I remember her for the story and her name. Her name was Cinnamon. I'm thinking to myself, who in the hell names her kid Cinnamon? You know, but that's just my own, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she comes in and she never sat with a meeting before, but she's open. She's ready and things like that. And she had the sitting and she liked it. And then all of a sudden she came back and as as I call it, called it, she brought her tow truck husband in. And um, he just sat like this, his arms crossed. He just was kind of huffing. His legs were crossed. Clearly, he did not want to be there. And um, um, I said, oh, to the man, I said, there's a man coming through behind you. He, um, he, he was in Vietnam and he scuffed at me and he goes, I've had five friends in, in Vietnam. Take your pick. And I'm like, OK, so that's what I'm dealing with. Right. So what I did is I took a little bit of deep breath. What I did is I came from 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 humbleness and I said, dear God, help heal this man, help heal him. And I just said a little prayer and I opened my eyes up real quick and I said, and I looked at the cinnamon, his wife, and I said, excuse me for saying this, but it's a little bit personal. And um, um, she goes, no, no, fine. And I said, I said, he was shot and he was, he was shot in the body. And that's how he died. It wasn't an explosion. It wasn't this. He goes, that's still the five friends. So take your pick. And so I looked back at the guy and the guy in spirit put his hand over his testicles. And he goes, tell him that my right testicle was, was shot off. So I said, he's placing his hands right here and I'm grabbing my crotch right here yeah. in front of two clients. And I said, the woman, I'm like, I'm so sorry, but this is what's happening. Um, and you know, and I said, and his left testicle or right testicle, I forget which one it was, but one of the testicles was shot off. The man just broke down crying. And to, to the fact that the wife just looked like, Oh my God, I've never seen my husband cry before. You know, it's just like, what is one of those things? And uh, he composed himself. He goes, okay, I understand. And we continue on with the sitting. And what happened was is um, his friend got shot, but got shot in the testicle. And that was what validated that person coming through. And then at the end of the sitting, I said to the male client, I said, and your friend's trying to help you start your um, your own business. I said, but I keep on seeing transportation. He goes, well, I'm a tow truck driver now. I want to open my own tow truck company. <laughs> and so I kind of called that when he walked in, but I'm just calling that's it That's crazy. Space, so. No, that's crazy. <laughs> you must have so many people that don't, don't believe you. I will say, and I, and I, the, another thing I wanted to say to my audience is you don't read people back to back or sit with them. So when I, when you have a sitting, you like to space it out. So if I go to have a sitting with you, I try to space mine out at least six months to a year. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I always and, tell my clients that. yeah, and explain why. I mean, it, it kind of makes well, sense. But sure. Yeah, why. sure, sure. So a lot of my clients at the very end of the sitting, um, first of all, when they come in, they're very nervous. Um, many of them, um, the ones who come in the second and, and after they're like, come on, let's get started. Let's get started with this. But at the very end, they say, can I book in a sitting next week? I'm like, no, next month. No, two months. No. Well, why? I'm like, just wait about six months to a year. And they're like, well, why do I have to wait this long? I said, listen, in order to get the bang for your buck, the recording that we just did, listen to it, listen to every detail, follow it through. If you want to come back to me, make your appointment. If you don't want to come back to me and use another medium, 
that's fine. Still wait about six to six to 12 months. You're not bothering those on spirit side whether you come back a month later. No. But in order to get things not repeated, there's been times when a person has come in um, a year later and all of a sudden, let's just say, for example, um, the mother's coming through and saying, you know, this house is your house. The the garage is totally packed with a lot of stuff. It's a fire hazard. And that client sometimes will say they're in the right there in the spot or they'll wait until the recording's off. They'll say, you know, you said that exact those exact same words a year ago. And my instant response is. Well, if I said that exactly through spirit exactly one year ago, obviously you didn't listen because if you would have listened, we would have talked about something else. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I could talk to you all day. I know you have another client, but I, when I tell my audience this, I, you know, a lot of my interviews are with, you know, people that have gone through some sort of like severe trauma or, you know, I, I like to space them out. And honestly, Tim, to me, put me at peace with something that my loss of my best friend that was so tragic that I I needed to, that helped me heal, to be honest. And so when I had my last sitting with him, I said, would you ever consider coming on my podcast? And he was like, sure, I'll come on. But I want my I want you, my audience, to know that I truly believe in the things that he has told me. And I think that if you are like a lot of people are struggling with like some sort of loss or uh, it helped me. So that's part of why I wanted him to come on because it kind of put me at peace. And I know that you say not sometimes people don't come in and you go and you have a sitting with you and that person, like for me, Julie did not has come into one sitting. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean she's not around me and with me all the time. But um, I just would highly recommend if you're in Southern California or you, you actually, do you read people over? um, Yeah, you can do it by phone. My, my next client after the podcast here is by phone. She's calling in from New York. But um, yeah, if you do it by phone, it works just the same as long as if you don't have any barking dogs in the background, no people knocking at your door, no ring doorbell, you know, chiming. If you can have it as quiet as possible um, um, and also meditate for 10 to 15 minutes or sit quietly for 10 to 15 minutes before the sitting, it works just the same. We tell the clients, uh, come 15, 20 minutes early, sit in the lounge. He'll come out and get you at your time. So they can just kind of like get get mentally prepared. You can do that by by phone as well. But, you know, just in conclusion, since you made mention about trauma, um, you know, when trauma, especially for those of your viewing audience have had people who have exited through suicide, you know, I'm a personal believer with the American Indians said through generations and generations is that whenever a person committed suicide, the tribe actually honored that person. And the reason why the tribe actually honored that person is because they realized that that person needed to go back home. And I always tell that to clients that have had um, um, family members who have exited through suicide. I said, you and me and your family, your living family, we're all going to get to spirit sooner or later. Okay, but this person who did it by suicide went there sooner. So we have to honor them and say, okay, you went there sooner and leave it like that and send them love. You know, getting back to Catholicism, sure, the Catholics teach you how to pray, but then there's a lot of judgment and guilt, you know, and the Catholics put people who are in suicide in purgatory, which is so far from the truth, so far from the truth. So again, um, when a person passes over, whether it's through suicide, whether it's through an accident, whatever it may be, or even just natural causes, you know, always remember that when you speak to them, when you when you mentally talk to them or speak to them, they hear you. The only time that you need to go to a medium is when you want to listen and see what they're saying. I just had the client, my first client this morning, say at the very end, oh, I want to respond and tell them some things. And I said, let's save the time for something else. I said, when you're done with the with the sitting, I said, you can go to your car and you can talk to them and say everything that you want to say to them. The only time that you need a medium is in order to listen to see what they're trying to say to you. Which I, I think is amazing. Um, in closing, Tim, I'm so honored to have you on. Um, I'm looking oh, forward to, I'm looking forward yeah, to sitting with you again soon. 
Sure. And I wanted I to ask Tim you Bro about your book, your book and where people can find you. Can you give me that info? Yeah. So um, my website is Tim Braun Medium. And you can go there and um, and check me out anytime that you wish. Um, Instagram and all that other stuff is Tim Braun Medium. Um, my office is here in Newport Beach, California. Um, and join the newsletter because uh, I travel um, quite a bit, um, going to different places. And so whenever I go on a vacation, I like to do like a two, one or two days of sittings where I go just because I like the work that I do, but I also enjoy helping people. So even if you're like in a, a small town um, or in different places, I might be in your backyard someday. So join the newsletter. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I actually follow you, but I am not on the newsletter, so I'm going to join. And I, again, I recommend to all of my listeners, reach out to Tim, try to book a sitting. It was, I obviously love going. I've gone four times. Oh, thank you, Megan. Um, and in closing, I want to thank you again. And I want to say what I always say at the end of every podcast now, which is be happy by making other people happy. <laughs> <laughs>